which will require a common mindset. This calling cannot seek its own. It cannot be undone or put in place by man. We are called by the living God. You are saved by the living God. No one did that. I'm a pastor today because God called me to be a pastor. Okay? Get that. Bonnie is a Christian today because God called her to be a Christian. Okay? Which makes her, which puts her in the fold of what? Of a disciple. Okay? So this calling is divine. This calling is of God. Okay? And this is not Brother David trying to teach you that you should be this way, that way. This is the Spirit of God that has called you, and this is the God using me to open your eyes and hearts to what God is telling you that you are called to do. Okay? All right? That's what Jesus did. When Jesus called them, he called them. Then he began to teach them. And, 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 and only by the power of the Holy Spirit did it really come into act, action, and, and they were able to apply. Okay? So now, let's talk about James. <clears throat> First thing we want to do concerning James is let's get some clarification, okay? James, here's the comment. There's always been some confusion concerning the name James in the Bible. Many questions have been asked concerning him. Was this the brother of Jesus? Was he the leader of the Jerusalem church? Which one did Herod put to death? And did he write the book of James? These have always been some questions. We get our James's mixed up kind of like we get our... John's mixed up from time to time, right? You know, you, you, you get uh, you get a lot of whatever name where you get mixed up in in the Bible, okay? Well, we're going to have another one here. We're going to talk about Judas in a little bit. In a few weeks, we'll be on Judas, okay? How many disciples were named Judas? Two, exactly. Okay, which one was which? Well, we know which one was the son of perdition. We've already discussed him. We'll discuss, we're going to discuss the other. But that's the other thing. And that, that's easy to... Make a mistake. It's easy to do that. But y'all, don't overcomplicate it. How many of you people know more than one person named David? Right. But do you get me mixed up with that other one? No. No. Huh? <laughs> I'm not going to even. I'm not going to even. And he wonder why God knocked him off that stage last week. <laughs> He healed me. He healed you. But it don't mean he won't knock you down again. It's like, okay, maybe he needs to stay broke a little bit longer this time. Maybe he just ain't learning that lesson. Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. I don't see why we don't have Sunday night class anymore. I remember this. Now you guys are getting a little bit wild here. Okay. Part of the confusion comes from the wrong interpretation of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, I mean 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7. Even though it's on the screen, we'll read it anyway. Out of the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, going with verse 7. And the scripture reads, and he, let's go to 5, I'm sorry. Let's go to 5 first. And he that appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remained until now, but some have fallen asleep. Verse 7 reads, Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. So, we find in verse 5, he appeared to Cephas, and then the twelve. 
Then he appeared to 500. Then he appeared to James and then the, all the apostles. So, let's get an explanation. If you follow the progression of this scripture, the word of God gives an order of the appearance of the resurrection of Christ. That's something that you need to be reminded of. There's an order in which he showed up. Let's go back and look at it again. Okay? And he appeared to Cephas, then to the, then to the twelve. After that, key, after that, signifies that there's a progression in how he showed himself. After that, the 500. Then, in verse 7, look at the word then in verse number 7. That's, that, so that means that they're in order, okay? This is how he's appearing. You need to understand and break these words down to this level because if you don't, you could, you could easily group that whole scripture together and say, well, okay, wait a minute, what happened here? So remember, and he appeared after that and then puts it in order, okay? Please do that. This helps you when you slow down when you're reading your Bible, okay? A lot of us read through these things and people misinterpret, okay? So the progression is <clears throat> we have Peter, Cephas, and James listed separately. Why? Well, let's read carefully. And that he appeared to Cephas then the twelve. Understand, Peter is not to be excluded from the twelve in this portion of Scripture, okay? you got to remember, Peter's the leader. Is he the leader of the twelve? Yes, he is. He's the church. He's, he's the rock, okay? He's the leader. So he appears to them and the twelve. That twelve would have included who? All twelve, which would have included who? I mean, there wasn't thirteen at this time, was it? No. No. It would have included who? James. It says he, he, he showed up to Peter and the twelve. It didn't say Peter and the other eleven. Or it didn't say the twelve plus one. It's Peter. And James is in the original 12, because James is, is part of the original 12, okay? So please remember that. So you have to include, you have to include that, uh, you, you can't exclude Peter. Let's go to the next slide. He spoke to Peter to give him, oh, oh I don't want that yet, okay? Sorry. So when you have the 12, and you have Peter, excluded from the 12 in the portion of the scripture, there's a reason why he has to speak with Peter. Why? Why did he have to speak with Peter? Why did he have to show himself to Peter? Because Peter did what? Peter said, for the most miserable day he had human beings ever spent on this earth. Come on, say that one more time, brother Ken. It's the real most miserable days any human being. He denied God openly. No, and knowing, knowing that his denial was wrong, he knew he was the son of God. He had said to Jesus in place, you are the Christ, you are the son of God. He did that. So he had to show himself to Peter to comfort Peter, because Peter was miserable. He, did. he went to him on the water. And all of these things, Peter was miserable. So God had to do it in this way. Now let's look at the scripture. He spoke to Peter to give him assurance after Peter rejected him. Look at verse 6 in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 and verse 6. I'll give you time to turn there. <clears throat> Mark chapter 6, verse 16. I'm listening for pages. If I don't hear any in a little bit, I'll go ahead and read, but I want you to read it. Mark chapter 6. Teen. <laughs> verse 6. 
And they said to him, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazareth, who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. Now look at verse 7. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There, there you will see him, just as he told you. Go and tell his disciples and Peter. Guess what? Peter, you're still in it. I know we're talking about James tonight, but I want you to understand this progression that we talked about in First Corinthians. Okay? So he's given Peter some assurance. Then he appeared to James, back in 1 Corinthians 15 and 7, then he appeared to James and then all the apostles. The James spoken of here would have been the brother of Jesus. Why? Well, James had openly rejected the deity and the power of Christ. Now he needed to make sure that he believed in he, if he were to complete his task in the future. James here, he didn't have to, keep in mind, he appeared to James and then all the apostles. But if he appeared to all the twelve, Already, he appeared to Peter in the twelve. Now he's now James is being called out because guess what? What we find, and we'll read scripture in a little bit, where James and his Jesus's brothers had rejected Jesus. They openly rejected Jesus. They did not believe he was the Son of God. In John chapter seven, verses one and five, let's we can read this. Okay, John chapter seven, verses one through five. The brothers of Jesus would have, include, would, would have included James, not the disciples. This is how you get the separation here. Why this James that we're about to learn about is not the James the brother, but James the disciple. After these things, John chapter 7, starting verse 1, after these things, Jesus was walking in Galilee, for he was unwilling to walk in Judea because of the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the feast of the Jews, the feast of the booth, was near. Therefore his brothers said to him, Leave here and go into Judea, so that your disciples also may see your works which you are doing. For no one does anything in secret when he himself seeks to be known publicly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers were believing him. Scripture clearly says <coughs> that. Okay? So this James that we're about to discuss concerning the twelve is not James the disciple because what? The scripture just said he didn't believe it. Okay? Y'all with me? Are we together on this? You got it? Okay. I'm always going to, I got to show you the scripture just so you know. In addition to the clarification, Acts chapter 1 verses 12 through 14. Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary, as the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Separate. Okay? That, that James listed as a disciple, 
but then you have his brothers who would have been who? James. James would have been in there. Why? And keep in mind, James' salvation didn't come until after the resurrection. James the disciple was a follower before. James his brother was a follower after the resurrection. Okay? Any confusion there? Probably. I'm quite sure they did. I don't know what that conversation would have been like. I don't know if she made him go get a switch and beat him until he listened or what. I don't know. But you're right. I mean, you know, how can you not? Because did Mary ever doubt whether Jesus was the Son of God? Well, of course not. She couldn't. Why couldn't she? Well, first off, she was a virgin when he was born. Second of all, who came and spoke to her and announced the birth? Yeah, exactly. So God actually spoke and through Gabriel and said, hey, this is what's going to happen. So then you got to remember, Mary, James, and his, James' his brothers, all of them came along after Jesus was born. So they wouldn't have, you know, what would they know? What would they know? I'm quite sure Mary uh, spent some time telling them, hey, this is the Son of God. I'm quite sure she did. But how many times do you talk to people? And they still don't believe. You got one right now. You're dealing with right, right, Jason. Yeah. He don't believe. What did he say? He needs, he needs visible proof. Yeah, or verbal. Verbal proof. Ooh, that's what I'm praying for. Yeah, yeah. verbal proof. <laughs> like we talked about on Tuesday night, it might be a sergeant. A Thursday night might be a sergeant York incident. Lightning like come and knock him off his horse, and then he comes in singing, singing all the hymnals and knows every one of them from front to back. You know what I mean? He may, it may happen. But you see, that's what James was going to need. This is the key scripture in the separation of James the disciple and James the brother. The open rejection of Christ by his brothers would make it clear that this was not his disciple. Appearing to James after the resurrection would have been a sign to him that Jesus was aware that James was now a believer. Okay? So the two Jameses, we got to separate. I just want to lay all that out so you know we're not talking about James the brother. We're talking about James the disciple. Okay? Because also, how many disciples were Mark? All on but one. All on but one. Exactly. Okay? James the disciple believed and walked with Jesus. James the brother had to witness the resurrection to believe. Okay? There's your difference. All right? So, now let's get into James. James, one of the sons of thunder. His brother's named John. We're going to deal with him separately as well, okay? So, who are the disciples? James, one of the sons of thunder. Who is James? He's one of the sons of Zebedee. His name means supplanter, or one who follows. The eldest of the son of Zebedee, he and his brother John were part of, the successful, of a successful fishing family, and this family... They, were, they had a status. They did have a status. Okay? Even though they were fishermen, they, they were kind of uh, elite fishermen. Okay? They were the micro-perceivers of the world. Okay? They were elite. They, they were known. You know? May not live in a mansion, may not have you know, all of these things, but they were known. And they, had some, they, had, they had a little bit of clout. Keep in mind, they, Jesus, none of the disciples were rich. None of them were wealthy. None of them had you know, all this authority. But these, the sons of Zebedee had a little bit of money, but nothing that would have, that people would have laid down their clothes so they could walk across or anything like that. Okay? 
Why is James, what is James most noted for? Go, go ahead and go to Mark chapter 5, verse 34. One thing we find out about James, he was permitted to see things, and he was always grouped with Peter and John. Peter, James, and John were, were, were kind of, they weren't the go-to, but they were there. They were, you, you want to hear more about them. You're going to hear more about their slip-ups and their mistakes and all of these different things. And Peter, James, and John, they, John, they were always grouped together. And in Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 34, now this is unique because Jesus has Peter, James, and John in a situation where he's healing someone. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer, only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. He only allowed them to come. We've discussed this before. There's a couple of things that are going to happen through these guys. Okay? A couple of things that are going to happen. Sorry. What's going to happen? Peter, why? Why Peter? Why Peter? The faith is going to be the example. He's going to be the example. Exactly. What did you say, Jason? The faith. The faith. Exactly. Okay? Now, we got James and John here. Now, Jesus has already given them this, this nickname, Sons of Thunder. Why? Why are they sons? Why are they sons of thunder? Come on, you know this. We talked about it already. Why are they the sons of thunder? Come on, y'all. Come on. Oh, wake up. Come on. Why are they the sons of thunder? They were outspoken. They were outspoken, and they believed. They were just like Peter in how they believed. Okay. They they keep in mind their calling. Okay. When they were called. They were called and left their family business, just like Peter walked away from his. And they walked and they followed him. They got up and just left. Okay? Keep in mind. And then they had a, a spirit, not a spirit, but they had a, 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 a not arrogance. I guess outspoken is the safest word without trying to insult them. Okay? But they were very vocal in their, what they believed and what they knew. And then also, they were natural leaders. They were natural leaders. And then James, being the oldest, would have put him in another another role, which would have been what? James, being the oldest of the two brothers, would have put him in what? In the natural role of authority. Okay? Peter was going to be given authority as, as the rock. <laughs> James is going to have a natural authority because he's the oldest son. Okay? What is he known for? What is he known for? Well, let's look. Let's look at verse 38. They came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and then and wailing. And in verse 39, and entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? This child is not God, but is asleep. And we know what happens next. What happens next? Okay? They began laughing at him. She's asleep. They laughing at him. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions, and he entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which translated means, little girl, I say to you, get up. 
Verse 42, immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old, and immediately they, they were completely astounded. These three men had to see what Jesus was about to do because all the foundation of everything that Jesus is about to build is going to be on these three. Because these are going to be the same three that are going to be on the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay? They're going to see some things. They're going to know some things. And I don't care who you are, when Jesus goes away, Jesus already knows he's going away. He already knows this fact, right? So since he's leaving... He's got to leave someone that really believes and really sees. And, and keep in mind, if everybody had seen it, then everybody would continue to keep looking for signs all the time. At some point, you have to, you have to be taught, and you have to believe without seeing, without verbal, okay? Without the audible. You have to have that. John, James, and Peter, these were the gods. That were going to be the voices that were going to be able to tell them, hey guys, this really happened. Why? Because look, look what happened. What did Thomas do? We'll talk about him later. He's most famous for saying what? I will not believe unless I put my finger in his hands and my hand in his, in his side. I will not believe. You wouldn't have heard that from Peter, James, and John. Now Peter denied it. Why? He had to, like he said, he had to bear He was, yeah. He had the three most miserable days of his life, but, but Peter always believed. Even when Peter got to the point where he was, when Jesus, when everybody was leaving him, and Jesus said, well, do you want to go too? He said, where will we go? You offer life. Where am I going to go? See, James and John would have been in the same boat, but we're going to have to teach 12 other disciples, excuse me, nine other disciples to be like these guys. Okay? And so they would have witnessed it. They would have witnessed it also because with John and James and Peter being the most vocal and probably the most outspoken people, guess what they were going to do? They were going to tell. Right? They would have told. They wouldn't have been like us. They wouldn't have just sat there and heard this and seen this. You know, we've seen, we've seen miracles. We've seen John break his leg and then walk all within a three or four day time frame. Hey, I saw pictures of um, of uh, Cage Russell at lunch in the hospital, not in the hospital, but at the Roper family reunion on Saturday, holding babies and smiling. This one that was supposed to be dead within a week after the accident happened. Okay? You see what I'm saying? This is who Jesus was wanting to have with him to see these things and know these things. And it's deeper than that. We can go deeper, but we're not right now. Questions right now. Questions. Y'all looking at me like I got eight eyeballs in my head. <laughs> yeah, am I confusing you? Am I going too fast? Are you sleeping? There we go. Now we got the right answer. I'm sleeping too. I know. I know the Holy Spirit hasn't hasn't came down at this point, but we know, you know, that the chosen men throughout. You know, all of time has been given the Holy Spirit. Do you think these guys, these three right here, do you think they had it even at this time? They didn't have it, but they were there to witness it at work. Because you got to remember, Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit rested upon him. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was all about showing and being that example about this is how you work with the Spirit in you. Okay? 
this it's time you work for the Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and see, that's all about their their very character and nature put them into this role. And Jesus, Jesus, he tapped into it. Okay. So no, the spirit hadn't been because it, we know it didn't come to to Pentecost on on all of them. Okay. Even though we know in the Old Testament there were people that had the spirit on them. We know Joshua had the spirit on him. We know these people had the spirit. But in this case, now you've got to keep in mind, God is transitioning to a teaching mode for, for the people, for the, for, for the nations. He's transitioning to a teaching mode for the nations. So he takes the Holy Spirit, he places it on Jesus, and Jesus walks around with the flesh, like all of us, capable of breathing and bleeding and having to go to the restroom and having to eat and having the emotions of happiness and sadness. He, he was fully man to experience, experience that and do these things with the power of the Holy Spirit as an example. Okay? So he was, he was an example. He was always an example. He was always designed to be an example along with saving our souls. Okay? Along with saving our souls. So, yeah, I understand your point, but I think Jesus had them there more to witness the, the power, the working of the Spirit. Okay? Did that explain that? Okay, good. So, why they were present, Scripture doesn't say. It doesn't say. We must realize this was a teaching opportunity for all three. He was part of the same group that witnessed the, uh, the glory of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay? Look at verse, uh, Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. Six days after Jesus took, took with him, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Not talking to James, John, to Peter. He, he had done, because guess what? God's standing here. And Moses and Elijah shows up to talk to God. Okay? And keep in mind, too, they have this opportunity to see Jesus' power. In his true form. In his true form, but also for, for what purpose, though? For what purpose? For what purpose? Why would he want to see that? Well, let's look, okay? <clears throat> Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, Peter, in all of his cockiness, he, he tends to get it wrong a lot, okay? We're going to talk about how he gets it wrong. But, and God steps in, and while he was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice, of the, uh, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved son, who, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him! Exclamation point. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their face down to the ground and were terrified. This whole scenario happened, first of all, to put perspective into the mission and also to humble these guys. Yes. Yes. And, and, and nobody knew where Moses was ever buried. Okay, they were just you know the archangel and the saint were arguing over that body, and and but nobody knew you know that these men 
that were here are now representing, are standing here with Christ, but keep in mind who they were now. Elijah was who? Was who? Huh? He represented the prophets, the prophets, and Moses represented what? The law, and Jesus is standing before them representing what? The fulfillment of both. Exactly. The fulfillment of both. And that's what Peter missed. That's what Peter missed. Peter is all about putting a temple up to worship these men, and it's not even about that. I'm standing before you showing you that, guess what? The prophet and the law are now serving me, and I'm here to fulfill and take on both of them. And that's what you need to see out of this. That's what James and John and Peter needed to see because guess what he's going to have to teach the disciples? Y'all, that one that went to the cross for us, he fulfilled everything. I got proof. I was there. I saw it because I saw Moses and Elijah speaking to him. Wait, hold on. I didn't see, we didn't see Moses come over and say, hey, Peter, what you think about Jesus? It wasn't none of that. They were before they could care less that Peter, James, and John were there. Peter, James, and John needed to understand that all of the Jewish, everything that was Jewish, okay, everything that was spoken, everything that was prophesied is being fulfilled in this one man. And those three needed to see. Because once again, the pillars, the pillars that they were to become, the men that they were to become, the leaders that they were to become. And also, now that they know, they can walk out charged with the new message. The new message of Christ. Not that he didn't do away with any of them. But and then, and then to, to, to hear God come down and affirm it. He confirmed it. He said, This is my son with whom I'm pleased. Listen to him. Wait a minute. You mean don't listen to Moses? Nope. You mean, wait a minute, don't don't listen to Elijah? Nope. Listen to him. See, we missed that. We missed that. He didn't say listen to them. He said listen to him. Okay? Y'all with me? Got it? Y'all following? Well, I love an answered prayer. The prayer is answered. One, we ask for clarity and understanding of the tongues, and all y'all do it. Ooh, can you know, imagine? Imagine what this Lizzie Bobble game would look like. Imagine Bobble getting this head. Imagine Bobble head the more we just dump it. You got it, Miss Lizzie? Magic. I love when y'all do the bobble head thing. Y'all get that? Do y'all like it when y'all do the bobble head thing? You just did the bobble head. Look at that. Okay. Now, let's talk about his nickname. He was given a nickname by Jesus. A nickname is always it's either a sign of bullying or affection. One of the two, okay? So we know Jesus didn't bully him. Okay, but his nickname, Mark chapter 3, verse 17, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, he gave to, listen, to them he gave the name Boanerges, I'm sorry, which means sons of thunder, sons of thunder. What does that mean? Testament where it talks about God speaking. It's like the sound of thunder. Good. I don't know if he's right, but it's good. I don't know. Huh? You know, quit talking. You have something you want to share? You said what? 
But that's a solid point, Jason. That's a very good point. One explanation for the associator Peter, James, and John comes from the name Jesus gave them. All were very outspoken and passionate about everything they laid their hands on. This being the case, it would explain Jesus tapping into their, their outgoing natures and wings. Okay? Yeah, you know, Peter, you know, and once again, he was wrong, but he did it. Now, we don't see anything about James and Peter whacking off ears. Um, James and John whacking off ears or not. But what did happen with James and John? What unique thing did they get into? Did, did they got happen? into argument. Who's going to sit on the right? Who's going to sit on the left? Yeah, okay. Of all things. Now, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. James had his flaws as the others. Jesus saw the need to correct him as often as as often as he often did Peter. I'm sorry. Look at verse Matthew chapter 14. Hope you're writing this down. Matthew 14, 33 through 35. We're going to stop here on this And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass. Well, where are we at? In the garden of Gethsemane. He took Peter, James, and John, the pillars, the, the, the strong ones, and asked them to pray. He took them to the garden. And he came out and found them doing what? Pretty much like I find y'all on Sunday morning. Sleeping. <laughs> huh? They were Baptists, <laughs> you know, and you know they were both Baptists because they weren't in the back row sleeping; they were on the front row sleeping. That's right, okay. And he came and found them sleeping, and said to Peter, "Son, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for an hour? Keep watch and pray that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." He's using it. He knew they were asleep before he showed up, y'all, and he's using this to teach them something. Okay? You know, you, you're succumbing to the flesh. Alright? Now, Jesus went off to pray. And keep in mind, you know, people argue about whether he was praying what was prayed in John chapter 17 at this time. Okay? Which was a lengthy prayer. Okay? It was the, your King James prayer, right? I mean, y'all have fallen asleep when you've been praying. When I've been praying. Try to keep them short. If you fall asleep, yeah, I know it. Fall asleep during the prayer. It's, it, it happens, and the, but the, but you have to keep watch. And he's telling them, you guys are going to have to keep watch. I'm I'm about to leave this with you, and you can't stay awake through the prayer. Hello, okay. Now look. Again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to answer. They, they didn't know how to tell Jesus, I can't keep my eyes open. I don't know what to say. In verse 41, and he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. Behold, the one who betrayed me is at hand. He had to fuss at Peter, James, and John because he's trying to tell them, Look, it's real simple. You don't have time to rest. You know the clock that I had on the wall this morning? 
He's trying to tell them the time, there's no more time for this. It's moving. And, and, and I'm about to put into action, I'm about to put grace into action right now. Okay? I'm about to take grace and put it into action. And the moment and grace is going to go into action, once I resurrect and ascend into heaven, we're in grace mode. And you won't have time to be sleeping and resting. You won't have time to be sleeping and resting because your time is going to be short. You are going to officially be in grace mode. The whole earth is going to be in grace mode. And if it's going to be in grace mode, you got to be busy, you got to be alert, and you can't afford to fall asleep. Okay? So we're going to stop there at 40 minutes. We need to take that thing down. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, oh. <laughs> I forgot that was up there. Yeah, no, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping at that. I'm not stopping with one. I want us to get something. we got to get something. As we get back into these disciples, remember, they had flaws, you have flaws. And their flaws are unique. Some of you can relate to their flaws, okay? Arrogance, um, you know, worshiping in the wrong way, not understanding the word, apply, misapplying the word. All of these things, every one of us, we're guilty of, okay? When Peter said, hey, let's build a temple for all three of you. Well, first off, Moses and Elijah weren't to be worshipped. So Peter had to get out of his mode. Okay? And then they all had to understand what the message was when all three of them were standing there. Okay? Then, you also have to understand this. You, do you know, and what we're learning, especially when we talk about James, John, and Peter, that God works through your personality and uses them as a benefit? You ever notice, that's why he didn't change your heart? I mean, he didn't change your personality, he just changed your heart? Because some of the same quirks I had before I was saved, I still have them now. But God uses them for his glory, doesn't he? Right? Some of us are real anal retentive. Real, you know, a little, you know, we're real picky, aren't we? We're real fussy. Did, 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 you, did your personality change? Or did your heart change this year? Yeah, exactly. He didn't get no better in his personality, did he? When he yeah. When he met you, but you know, that's what <laughs> It didn't change. Chris, guess what? He was annoying before you met him, and he's still annoying now. Okay. Aww. It's okay. Man, he didn't hurt his feelings. Look at him. He agrees. He's going to get me later. Okay? It's the same. He didn't change the personality, but he, he took those personalities and repurposed them for what? For his glory. For his glory. Mine. I got a laundry list of issues. No amen. Do not amen. That's statement. Yeah, Cindy, yes, he good. Yeah, Cindy's not here. I can say stuff like that. Yeah, he's he got his issues. What a, thank you. See, Jimmy said it right. What preacher don't have his issues? Well, you wouldn't be a preacher if you didn't have the issues. Yeah, but you need those issues to keep you humble, too. You need them to keep you humble, and you also need them so you can relate to people. And that's what he's he's doing. You know, look, look, look at Peter. He was so cocky and so arrogant. But then when he wrote first and second Peter, he was so humble. He was so humble. It takes a little while. 
we'll see in that, that sanctification process, okay? So just remember that, okay? As we finish tonight, we'll continue. We'll wrap up James real quick next week, and then we'll go. I, naturally, we want to go to John, and we will. We will go to John, um, and then we're going to go to Peter. And that's where we'll spend the majority of uh, uh, a long, long while, okay? Any questions for me? Any questions? Y'all okay with Sunday night? Y'all back in Kendra? Just after one night? Yeah. Little bit. All right.